Thank you again for joining me and Steph on the design plug. Jessica, I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for, for having real. me. Yeah, no problem. So I kind of want to just jump right into it because I'm a fan and I think your story is really cool. So um, can you tell us about your background and uh, what do you call yourself and <laughs> how did you get started? <laughs> um, so... The first question, what I call, I call myself a software designer, depending on who asks me. Mm -hmm. So when people outside of the industry ask me, I usually say software design because it makes it easier for them to kind of understand. Yeah. Um, within the industry, I, I use product design just because obviously we know like the, the nitty gritty details. And sometimes mm -hmm. we don't know the details of why mm -hmm. we call ourselves different things. <laughs> yeah. um, when we say product design to somebody outside of tech, they're like, product? What kind of product? Mm -hmm. There's all these follow-up mm -hmm. questions. Um, so software design outside of the industry, product designer inside of the industry. Um, so I went to school for journalism. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that I wanted to be a reporter. I had all these you know, lofty dreams. And then I got my first internship at a TV station in Detroit, saw myself on TV one time and I was like, nope, I don't like this. And that was the end of my broadcasting career. What did you, why? <laughs> I, just, I just don't like being on camera. Like I, it was just yeah. not, I, it wasn't a thing for me. I just didn't like it. Um, so I switched my major. I was still a journalism major technically, um, mm -hmm. but at my school, we had like these different tracks. So there was broadcast, uh, marketing, magazine, and I think radio. Um, so I went to the marketing track basically and finished out my degree um, and started working in public relations. So I knew that I wanted to work with technology companies in some way. I didn't really know what that meant. PR is like you know, a, a big lofty mm -hmm. term or career, but mm -hmm. like there's so many parts of it. There's so many different ways you can go the same way with design. Mm -hmm. um, so I think one of the things I realized like in school, like, they don't really tell you like the specifics of what you can be. It's really just like this mm -hmm. high level, like mm -hmm. really general taxonomy of like, you're a doctor, but like there are so many oh kinds of doctors. Yep. And it's, like, you don't mm -hmm. find that out until like later in the game. <laughs> yeah. You read <laughs> it's it. It's like, why don't you tell me all the beat? Like, tell me the, the actual specifics. Um, mm -hmm. I started NPR in Chicago when I graduated. And then I moved to California, um, to the San Francisco Bay Area to work with technology companies in PR. And my first job, I was there for five months and I realized that I hated it. Hated is a strong word, but starting out, like you're basically, you're in the mail room. Mm -hmm. Like you, you just uh, you do the same thing over and over and over and over. And you don't really yeah. get a lot of other opportunities, I guess. You don't really get to be super creative, at least at this specific agency, I should say. Um, right. So I realized like, I'm not gonna lie, my degree was expensive. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was something today that yeah. makes me feel excited. I, I have student loans. I hell yeah. Y'all <laughs> not paying me enough to hate my job. Like y'all yeah. yeah. not paying me enough of that. So I yeah. realized, like, okay, maybe this isn't exactly what I want to be doing, but uh -huh. like, it was still in the same arena of technology. So that was the kind mm -hmm. of the common denominator across the yeah. board. Okay, technology. I'm a user of technology. Um, at that time, I didn't know that I could be a creator of technology, but I knew that I wanted to be in the realm of technology. Right. So that was like what I knew for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up switching agencies. I went to a different PR agency, still in San Francisco, still with tech companies, but not as a PR associate. I mm -hmm. went as a business operations associate, which uh, 
glorified secretary, really. It was one of those things like, oh, you can make up your, like, we like you so much, you can just decide what you want to do. And then it was like, hey, go get the mail. I was like, well, mm-hmm. I don't think that's what I want to do, ma'am. Right. So um, <laughs> I could stay there for like 11 months, I want to say. So I was there for mm-hmm. a, a longer because it wasn't a bad agency. It wasn't a bad company. I had a little, a little tiny raise, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it was there that I was kind of introduced into even the idea of app design as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, because they had contracted out this smartphone app for the company to use for like internal use. So an enterprise app, basically, mm-hmm. um, no one in the company was using it and they gave it to me as a project cause I'm the operations associate. So basically you just right. get all the stuff that no one else <laughs> yeah. wants to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they gave it to me like as a, as a project to get like create campaigns and like basically mm-hmm. PR for this app. And I was like, yeah. why doesn't anybody want to use it? Like what's wrong right. with it? Like, Right. What's, what's, why, why do I have to force people or like bribe people into using this to app? To use it, yeah. And that was pretty much how I started doing research and then eventually came across the term user experience because I was Googling mm. like, well, good app design, bad app design. Why won't people use my app? What's wrong with my, like at this time, this was like wow. five, six years ago. So mm-hmm. a lot of people were asking those questions because there was an app for everything and people were trying to figure out how to get people to use their apps. So in that whole research process is when I came across the term user experience, UX. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, where the story starts, I guess. Went it's down like, that rabbit hole. Yeah. Down, literally rabbit hole. <laughs> I've never seen these letters together. Yeah. UX, like what word starts with an yeah, X? What yeah. is it? And then it was just a whole, you know, everything came after that. So um, yeah. that was definitely the start of my story. I am quote unquote self-taught, but like I tell everyone, like the internet taught me everything mm-hmm. that I know. Like yeah. content creators, especially like mm-hmm. I am not a content creator I I don't it's not in my blood but people yeah. who create content for a living and help other people learn how to do stuff like those are people that I love because that's how I learned design yeah. so yeah that's my that's my story yeah. and now we're here that's... five five years later <laughs> yeah so it is man I'm literally like in the same boat so the books and internet taught me everything and that's crazy. So can you detail in that time period, you know, everybody talks about trusting the process and like they, they love being in the process. Can you detail like the process that you were in that took you from, you know, Googling to where you finally landed your first position? Yeah. So the process overall was about eight months and that's including like three months where I was working on that project um, with the agency. So mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't plan to change my career. I was like, I don't think I can even get paid for this, but like, this is kind of fun. Basically, like, ah, this is kind of fun, right. cool, I like this. Um, the process itself was very chaotic. Like I am a person <laughs> who just kind of follows wherever the wind is blowing me that day. And being in San Francisco five years ago, there were design events literally every single day of the week, like yeah. everywhere in Oakland and San Francisco and San Jose, like they were everywhere. So for mm-hmm. me, I didn't necessarily know where I was supposed to start and if there was like mm-hmm. a starting point, but I just started immersing myself and just being in rooms with people talking about design things. And I didn't really yeah. know what they were talking about, um, but it helped me to learn the language and what are people teaching each other right now? What are the, the topics? Mm-hmm. Cause it's not just 
the theory of like, okay, typography, like all those things are still valid, but mm -hmm. there are trends that happen in design. You know, every couple of months, we're all talking about the same thing, like being a part of those conversations. It's basically going at it from both ends. Like I'm at the end where we're all talking about Figma, for example, but I'm also at the very beginning because I don't really know what spacing is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, right. those two kind of right. cracks meet in the middle at some point and mm -hmm. it all starts yeah. to make sense and some magic happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um but the process was really like i was at in-person events three or four times a week um i was doing a lot of research obviously a lot of mixed media learning as i call it so youtube and podcasts and whatever mm -hmm. i could find um that was free to start because i like i said i had student loans yeah. i went to yeah. a course <laughs> i definitely went down the ga route like i did an info session at general assembly like, mm -hmm. like a uh -huh. lot of us have um, uh -huh. I figured out that I could not afford it and that I was not about to take out a loan. I, I heavily consider taking out a loan. Mm -hmm. Like heavily. Yeah. They make it seem like that's the only way you yeah. can do it. So yeah. I didn't have an extra 10 grand or whatever amount it was at that time. Mm -hmm. So it took me, I had to talk myself out of going that route because it felt like, yeah. okay, well, if this is the only way to do it. Like that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem yeah. right. Like this can't be the only way to do it. Yeah. Um, and at that time there were definitely self-taught designers for sure, but I don't know that I knew how mm -hmm. expansive the industry was and how different people's backgrounds actually were because everyone just wanted to be like, okay, we're just, we're all designers. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. we're all different. There's yeah. a reason why we all mm -hmm. come from where we come from. Um, mm -hmm. But like I said, it was very chaotic. A lot of in-person events, um, a lot of email newsletters because all that information was basically free. I did mm -hmm. give myself like a small budget, like a little bit less than a thousand dollars, I think, to spend on books and like, yeah. short order courses just so like I wasn't spending all my money um yeah. but all in all it took about eight months for me to have a portfolio and be ready to interview I went to design jams so mm -hmm. like they're the 24 hour like okay we need a designer we need an engineer we, I was just at everything it just it didn't yeah. matter because I just didn't know any better um yeah. I started talking to recruiters pretty early just because I wanted to figure out like what are you looking for in people not that you can place me but like let me right. get some contacts with recruiters because they know a different angle mm -hmm. of this um, i reached out to a bunch of designers in the industry who were already working and did informational interviews so rafe who is someone who works at twitter now he was at pandora mm -hmm. uh, kat velos was also um, she created the group bay area black designers which was like my first community of people who like look like me and we were all mm. trying to do the same thing she was at pandora at the time um so it was like going to all these events and then finding a community where i felt safe so like because i didn't really feel safe at the community where the events were like that yeah. was like okay put on your happy face and yeah. network but like yeah. the area designers we'd be chilling yeah. we'd go out to brunch and <laughs> talk about portfolios yeah um, you know, mimosa it was great so like i like I said, it was very chaotic. I did a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. It was basically like, I don't have, I don't have a plan. It was just, I mm -hmm. need to feel confident in myself before I go into an interview. And until I felt confident, I was just still learning and, and learning and learning. And then right. it was like, okay, I can talk about this confidently. I could, mm -hmm. I could answer that question. I could present this project. Then it was like, okay, I feel like I'm ready. So. Got you. Got you. That's, that's, that's dope. Yeah. Um, did you, did you run in, into uh, any hurdles while you were like in this process? Because I feel like there's a lot of hurdles that people run into when they're in this whole process of trying to learn their first job. Like yeah. for me, it was like, should I learn how to code? Right. That was like the biggest thing for me. But was there yeah. anything like that for you? Um, I, 
I think I got very lucky. Not that there weren't hurdles or struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, so at the same time, I was teaching myself how to code and I mm-hmm. loaded up my first portfolio because mm-hmm. I knew that my visual design skills were not that mm-hmm. great. And mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get some, I need a different edge because mm-hmm. like, it ain't going to be visuals. I don't know nothing about gradient, <laughs> and all these drop shadows. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. to do that. Like, I'm not yeah. a person. So yeah. for me, which well, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. Like, I mean, I learned how, I already knew how to code before. Yeah. I just had to like really teach myself to make yeah. it actually look better. Um, I would say for hurdles with me, it was really doing it by myself, not because I didn't have a community, but it was really like, okay, I need to really prove to myself, like, cause this is a, it's, it's a big investment to actually take the time to switch your career, but to do it out. Cause like college is the place where you like figure out your career. Yeah. Like that's, that's what we're taught. Like that's where it happens. So when you're doing it yeah. after the fact, it's like, okay, am I supposed to be doing this? Is this actually right? Like, am I doing this correctly? Um, so thankfully I was in a space or in a location where a lot of stuff was happening in my industry or my eventual industry, but it was definitely for me, like, am I, is this, is this like a, a fleeting thing? Do I really want to, like, it was a lot of questioning because I had already gone to school to do a thing that I mm-hmm. didn't like. And I was like, well, how do I know that I'm going to like this? Yeah. And you yeah. really don't, so you're actually doing it. But like, that was probably a hurdle for me of like, okay, am I sure? Like, am I sure? Am I sure? Like, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. spend a hundred dollars on this thing. I'm going to buy this software. I'm going to get this computer. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Like, am I sure about this? Um, mm-hmm. So thankfully it all worked out, but that was definitely <laughs> a my own creation. Um, but I'm yeah. sure that a lot of people have it as well. Cause it's, a, it's an investment to really, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, I don't know that it always should be because the barrier to entry should not be this high for anything. But mm-hmm. at the time it was like, I don't know, but I like yeah. it. So I'm going to just, going until it feels wrong and then it uh-huh. just never felt wrong yeah that's very interesting you say that because i know for me i was uh, frustrated after college because you know i went to college for graphic design but like you mentioned earlier they didn't teach me like what i could do with that and i think colleges still to this day don't fully grasp but um I was upset that I didn't know how to get a job in my field. Like I kept getting turned down. I'm like, man, what the hell do I got to do? Cause I used to always feel like, man, what did I really learn in college? Like, what did I get out of that? And, but then I, I spent eight months studying this, understand this quicker than what I did in college. And I'm like, damn, that felt like a waste. So yeah. um, kind of pivoting a little bit, what is your superpower? Cause that, what you just described, like how you hustle to get that, that, that seems like a power to me. Like, what would you say your superpower is? Yeah, I will say I, I'm, I've always been a person. I'm a, I'm a researcher at heart. Not, I don't mean that like user experience mm-hmm. researcher. I just mean like, I figure it out. Like I yeah. figure it out. So for me, my ability to learn something, not even necessarily quickly, because I don't know if it's about speed necessarily, but learning what I need to learn in an efficient way and then being able to apply it, I would say it's probably a superpower that I enjoy because in my, even my personal life, like I'll take a woodworking class. Oh, I'm gonna learn how to cook this thing. I'm gonna build this thing. Like I'm a person who's just, but at the root of it, it's all problem solving. So mm-hmm. for me, like the way that my brain tries to go about mm-hmm. things, it's all the same, regardless mm-hmm. of what I'm doing. Like, oh, I'm gonna learn about gardening. And I think for me, one thing that I had to do, cause I'm a pro- recovering perfectionist is like, yeah. I don't have to be perfect at it for me to get something from the experience of it. And mm-hmm. that's what I've realized, especially in, inter- so I work in enterprise design, which mm-hmm. 
is very different. And I won't say it's very different than the consumer design, but the domain knowledge that you have to have because your users are people that are trying to do their jobs. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. I work with, with advertisers and I do not have an advertising background, but I have to study so much. I have to learn yeah. so much about advertising to even design one screen. Like I'm writing documents all the time about advertising. So mm -hmm. I think my ability to learn about whatever the thing is that I'm trying to learn that day, um, and not necessarily fast, but it's efficient. So, okay, I'm gonna read this for five seconds. I'm gonna read this for five hours. Like I just, I figure out where I need to actually invest my energy. And then when it's time to apply those things, I try to do it in a way that I feel confident enough to talk about whatever the thing is that I'm trying to talk about. So I think that would definitely be a superpower. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not the only one that has it. I think a lot of us are just, you're just able to adapt. And it's like, okay, yeah. we're learning this now. Okay, we're doing this now. And your ability just mm -hmm. to not falter when it gets a little bit hard um, yeah. is definitely a part of that you know, power. When did you realize oh. you had it? Um, I don't know if I've ever like put a name to it, but I've always been interested in a lot of different stuff. Mm -hmm. So early on when I was younger, if I wasn't good at something, I just stopped doing it. It was like, oh, I'm not going to dance. I'm never dancing again. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, we're done with dance. I think uh -huh. in my, in college, I had a lot of different internships because I didn't know what I wanted to mm -hmm. be or what I wanted to do. So I had three jobs at one time. I think and this is not to even sound cocky, but like if you or if you are able to be good at something, not because you're just like this exceptional person, but like you figure out a, a way to make yourself good at whatever you're doing. If you uh -huh. work in retail, if you're a waitress, if you're just good at it, you're good at it. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're supposed to do it for the rest of your life. So like you have to try a lot of different things until something really catches your attention. Mm -hmm. So I think in college is where I realized like I could do whatever I want. Like I could, I could figure out anything if I really, really wanted to, but like, mm -hmm. it's not about the ability to do that. It's about finding the thing that's going to keep my attention because I can right. I'm like, okay, we're on to the next thing now. Like, all right, I'm done with that. I'm moving on. Um, yeah. And design just caught my attention and it's kept my attention and mm -hmm. that has not happened with anything else. So I would definitely say college because I was just, all right, I'm going to get that job and that job and I'm going to work in that office and then I'm going to go to this magazine and then I'm going to go on this TV station. And it was just like, let me just try all this stuff because I really don't know, you know, what I mm -hmm. want to do, but I'm not going to be bad at any of it because I don't want to get fired. So <laughs> yeah. you just you know, figure it yeah. out. Yeah, I think that's super important, um, especially with kids going into college and not really having any idea what they want to do. Yeah. Um, for me, at least, I tried a bunch of different things um, and I think it's important for um, kids in that, whole realm to really try different things to learn what they actually like instead of you know graduating and getting a job and then start working in that job and then they realize four to five years in like shit I don't I don't like doing this yeah you know? mm -hmm. I think there's the balance so. of like so there's like the achievement part of it like mm -hmm. you know when you're a kid you went out for baseball you weren't that good you wanted to quit your your mom and dad said you can't quit like mm -hmm. there's a part of like okay i want to teach you not to be a quitter mm -hmm. i want you to learn how to achieve but then there's also like do i even like this like yeah. do i actually want to do this and i think the older you get the easier it gets to identify which bucket you're in but yeah. when we don't allow people to try different things and i don't even mean try and quit i just mean like just do whatever like my mom we were in engineering courses when we were little math courses mm -hmm. and summer camp and we're gonna swim we're gonna play the piano like whatever we wanted to do we were able to do mm -hmm. but then there's a whole achievement like you also just can't quit because now you just wasted my money so mm -hmm. it's like there's right. a way to do it but we have to allow people to just like 
try stuff out and yeah. like it or not like it or be good or not be good. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot of it. I've realized in my older age, it does have to be fulfilling. Like it's not yeah. just about making money. It's not just about, you know, am I good at it? It mm-hmm. does have to be fulfilling to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. We're all blessed enough to be in a field that fulfills us. Everyone can't yeah. say that. Um, but it definitely is a muscle that you have to practice to, to check in with yourself. Like, do I actually enjoy what I'm doing? Is there something else there out there for me? That's better. Like mm-hmm. it's all trial and error. Yeah. Facts. 100%. I, I completely agree with you there. Um, would you call yourself an entrepreneur? I don't think so. And I really? own a business or I'm a part owner <laughs> in a business. Yeah. I, I'm an execution person, which isn't necessarily Mm. the antithesis of entrepreneurship, but I like structure to a certain extent. Like I actually like working for a company. Like I don't mind working for someone else. I, I don't think that my brain, like I just, the, I'm no, (laughs) I have entrepreneurial, I I, I can, I can be, I have certain skills. Would I go Mm. out to my job and like, like, I'm not a free, like I'm not, I, I love freelancers. I love consultants. Yeah. I love people that do it on their own. I am not that person because mm-hmm. like I need somebody else to figure out the HR stuff. Like, I need somebody yeah. else to figure out how to be, I just want to get paid. Like I don't want to figure out how to make somebody pay me. I'm not that person. Right. <laughs> but I appreciate all those people, but everybody can't be an entrepreneur. So I'm definitely yeah. today. I am not maybe another day, but definitely not, not today. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Would you, would you say what you do is like hard work? And if so, what motivates you to continuously do that hard work? I would say that it's hard work. Um, my brain is regularly on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there are so many acronyms in corporate America. Oh my Lord. 2% oh, wow. of the brain work that I have to do every day. Uh, um, I think because what we do is not just deliverables, it is mm-hmm. networking, it's relationships, uh-huh. it's um, sales to a certain yeah. extent, product development, like mm-hmm. there are so many different facets of what we do that if mm-hmm. we were just the production people where all I gotta do is draw this circle and pass on the paper, okay, maybe that's not yeah. hard necessarily, but maybe it is. But mm-hmm. I think because we are our own companies like in yes. like designers we are our own corporation like we do yes. so many different things like mm-hmm. oh we're doing motion design let me go learn motion design like there's just there's yep. so much that we have to do um so i say that it's hard it's definitely not impossible by any means i definitely think anyone that wants to do it can do it For sure. um i also think that because mm-hmm. it's so different depending on what facet of design you're working in that you can have a completely different experience. Like every designer probably has a very different experience. So yeah. hard, yes, you're juggling a lot, you're doing a lot, you have to be mindful of a lot. Um, you have to talk to a lot of people, which yeah. you know, I'm sure when you're graphic design program, you didn't think you would be in so many meetings about so many <laughs> Hell things. No. You don't even get to design anything for a while. Like you're just talking <laughs> for the first two months. Yeah, like, and did they, did they expect oh, you to yeah. have a fast ass turnaround? I'm like, like, all right, when, when are we going to be done? Like, we've been talking for two yeah. months. Like I ain't like, even drew you, nothing yet. Like, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where are we on the screens? Well, shit, will you let me design them then? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, can, we, man. Uh, can we get a time a timeline for what? Like yeah. we just keep having meetings. <laughs> like what do you mean? Oh man. So, so yes, I do think the work that we do is hard. It may not be physical labor hard, yeah. 
Um, but it definitely is hard and it's, it takes a certain type of person or certain types of people, um, mm. to be able to do the work. But I do think that anyone that wants to could. So, so yeah. So, so I kind of want to pivot a little bit and talk about your first design role. Um, and because I'm currently in my first design role and there's a lot of different emotions mm. and things that I'm feeling. And I kind of want to get your perspective of like, what you were feeling like in your first role as a product designer. I'm not gonna lie to you, I thought they were gonna fire me. I was like, how are you letting me in here? Yeah. Not even because I was bad. I was just like, are y'all sure? Y'all sure? Like, I'm looking over my my shoulder like, all right, who's gonna tap me and be like, all right, go ahead, log off. Um, (laughs) So I would say my first design role, it was definitely Mm -hmm. eye-opening. Everything that I learned for that eight months Mm -hmm. leading up to that first role was like theory, like, even the yep. projects that I did, even the 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 work that I did with other people that was collaborative and all all theory, mm-hmm. because when you actually get into an environment where there is a product to be made, yeah. and there are tons of stakeholders, there is money involved, there are a lot of people with different motivations, there are people with different levels of skill and information, and your subject mm-hmm. matter experts are all over the world. Like it's just there is really no way to replicate your first actual, and I won't say actual, but your first corporate mm-hmm. design experience until you get there. Like whatever they teach you in class is going to be different because the thing that we don't talk enough about is that the people are the thing that is di- like the people change. The people mm-hmm, yeah. will change your experience greatly. The people That's you're correct. learning from, people you're ma- people who are managing you, people mm-hmm. you're on a team with, like mm-hmm. that is so much a part of your your design experience as the actual design work. And mm-hmm. we don't really talk about that. Like if you have a bad PM, oh my listen, god, <laughs> listen, yeah. you ain't shipping nothing. Like nothing <laughs> is going out the door. Like it's not gonna happen. Yeah. and that changed everything. Like I've had good PMs. I've had not so great PMs and like, and not that that's the only person, but like that is your partner. Like when your partners are fluctuating and efficiency, Mm -hmm. it changes your entire experience. Mm -hmm. And I think even the idea of shipping something and designing something and not even handing it off, like you're in that process the entire time, your engineers Mm -hmm. are coming on, but it's, you, you can't really, you, you have to just do it. And it's really yeah. hard. That is the answer. At least that's the answer that I have right now. Maybe yeah. 10 years from now, when I've been at it a little bit longer, I can come up with something better, but mm-hmm. like you really just have to do it. And that's why it's so unfortunate that the process to get into design mm-hmm. doesn't account for the fact that I haven't done any of that stuff. So you're asking mm-hmm. me if I can do something that I don't even know about because I haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. And you're like scoring mm-hmm. me and kicking me out there. Like you're rejecting yeah. me based off of like what? Like I, yeah. I haven't even done it. Um, but yeah, my first year or my first role, the first couple of months were not necessarily hard in terms of like the work, but like just my mental of like, okay, if I have a problem, can I even speak? Like, can I say anything? Like, they don't think I'm stupid. Like, it was a lot of that. Like, (laughs) who can I talk to? Like, I don't know how, I don't know what this word means. I don't know what this software is. Like, who can I actually reach out to? And once you get over that hump of like, okay, like, I'm here for a reason and I need, to, I have a job. Like I have to get a job done. Like this has to yeah. go out the door. Yeah. Um, and then finding the people that you trust to really like, not even be able to vent to, but just to check that you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you're not the yeah. only one having this experience. Like we're all experiencing mm-hmm. whatever is happening. Um, but it was a lot of mental, I will say, in addition to design mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. but a lot yeah. of it was like, 
mental check-in like do I know what I'm talking about because I'm leading this meeting right now and I'm not feeling confident <laughs> like I'm not sure <laughs> yeah I think your your situation is a little unique too because I think you uh, mentioned that you didn't have any design leadership or you were the only designer on your team so talk a little a little bit about that how was yes that? so my first design role I didn't even say my first design role was at Netflix I was on mm-hmm. the studio uh, well, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, let, let's hold on. Wait, let, let's let's stop and acknowledge that. Don't, don't <laughs> yes, you know, let's, yes, let's stop and acknowledge that. Netflix, hold on. Netflix. We went from, I'm going to call it out. She was self-taught eight months. Eight months. And you mean to tell me you landed Netflix? Oh One interview. That's, that's a power right there. One. <laughs> listen, y'all, listen. <laughs> it was all a struggle. <laughs> hey. Netflix, okay, so let, me not even, let me not even hype myself. Like Netflix was supposed to be like a three-month rotational. Like the way that they have framed it, it was like, mm-hmm. we want new grads. They're trying to bring in like younger talent. And it wasn't even Netflix's design team. It was a mm-hmm. engineering team within Netflix. Because mm-hmm. Netflix, I mean, is like little startups. At least yeah, yeah. Was, like, every, like the company is the company, but like your team might operate a little bit differently than the next team because that team is autonomous. So mm-hmm. this very autonomous team at that time, it was called Enterprise Platforms. Um, led by a black man. Um, it was an engineering org that had like mm-hmm. seven or eight designers at the time to like 70, I don't know, we were 75 total. So a portion of that was engineering, a portion of that was products um, and QA and so on and so forth. But it was supposed to be a three month, like new mm-hmm. grad, rotational, blah, 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 internship yeah. type situation. We were contractors to start. Um, so it was definitely not like, Hey, come be senior product designer off of no experience. It was not that, but it was definitely Mm -hmm. like a right place, right time. Like, Oh my goodness. Are you serious? Okay, great. I will definitely, you know, commute 1.5 hours on a shuttle to get to you because like, when else am I going to be able to work for Netflix kind of thing? It was like, you have to do it. Um, but yes, it was, it was Netflix. It was great. I loved it. Hey, that's still worthy of some gassing over here, but continue. I interrupted. (laughs) Um, But it was one of those things where because the team itself was within an engineering org, as Mm. a young designer who had nothing to compare my experience to, I did not know what it was. There was no right or wrong, but there is no right or wrong experience, but I did not know what was supposed to happen within a design org. And I just, I had no idea. So I was reporting to an engineering manager. I was working with a team of, at the time that I left, I think I was designing with 10 or 12 engineers. So it was me to 10 or 12 engineers, which is a whole nother story, back end Mm -hmm. and front end. But the team itself was great. Like we, the designers, there was nine of us, I think, but we didn't really get to work with each other. So we each had our own products. So the other part of that was like, I just got here. I was shadowing someone for a while. And then once I they extended our contract and then hired us on, we each got our own products. So it was me and two other women who hired together, all new grad, all young, all the whole three month thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed for two and a half years. My counterpart, she's still there. I think it's been oh, wow. three or four years, I think. Um, so yeah, it was supposed to be three months and we ended up staying for, you know, for years, which is great. Yeah. Since then, the whole team has been reorged. Now that team is under the design team. So they actually mm-hmm. report to a design org. Um, yeah. So it's definitely different than when I was there, but it was definitely like a scrappy little 
team of people who just wanted to get some good stuff done. This was before Netflix became an original programming powerhouse. It was very, very early in the content days. So we were studio designers, um, but the studio was still pretty small. Now mm -hmm. the majority of Netflix's, you know, personnel for headquarters, they're in LA now because now it's a content, mm -hmm. like it's a content studio now. So right. Because like streaming is no longer like, you know, streaming isn't this exciting thing. At that time, streaming was like, oh my goodness, you can stream. Now it's right. like everybody's streaming. Now we're focused on the actual programming. So exactly. it's definitely shifted their business, I'm sure. Um, but for me at that time, it was like, I'm just happy to be here. I don't want to get kicked out. <laughs> like, yeah. I, was, I, I was coding for my first couple of months on a, one of the products. It wasn't that great, but I did it. Like, I'll do whatever yeah. you want. This is, this is great. Um, it wasn't until recently that I'm like, oh, a design org is supposed to be structured like this. Oh, there should be strategy and operations people. Oh, there should be reese like there. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that. I didn't know what I was missing. Now I can never go back to anything that's not a well-structured design org, but yeah. it definitely impacted um, the designer that I am today. You just, you just got to get stuff done. So Nice, uh, nice. I think that's really important having leadership in um, whatever company that you're in, because um, if you if you just have a few designers who haven't really been doing design for a very long time and you just stick them in a product development environment, they're going to kind of get run over by product and engineering. Oh my and God. I'm kind of noticing that right now in my situation. So it's like our product, our company, very product and engineering focused yeah. and our design team is like very small. So sometimes I feel like, we're not as valued as the other two teams. Yeah. So I think that's, you're in a great situation at uh, the company you're at right now. So kudos yeah. for sure. It makes a big difference. Like I think, because then it becomes design trying to sell design. It's like, I'm mm -hmm. trying to, to do stuff for my, like my users, like my, my customers, my, you know, my people. I'm not trying to sell myself to my team. Like I, mm -hmm. we should already ask them. So I right. think for, they, they've, definitely matured that specific like team because like again everything's in reorg we all are on the same page now but early on it was you know a lot of rogue designers trying to just like build a design culture within something that was not really really understanding of what design meant overall like design should be leading research should mm -hmm. be leading not be like okay we need a button okay we need a button it, it yeah. should be right so I mean, that's an exaggeration obviously but you know, it's kind of not so. Oh, it, oh, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, it happens like you are your production, or you know, you're not. So, you know. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. You say that. Can you give us any insight on how you know you communicate value to the stakeholders um, when they kind of devalue us a little bit? Yeah. So, one thing I will say is that my manager and. I'm, I'm at a company now where design, everybody loves design. So it's not that, but like, I think yeah. that having the leadership who can also intercede is important. Now that's not me, obviously advocating for myself, but that's also a part of the puzzle is like, are you the only voice that's trying to get this done? Or do you have people that are also advocating for you and for what the actual best experience or best, whatever is going to be um, mm -hmm. for me with stakeholders specifically, I, 
and, and we all say this, so I want to, I know that we've all done some version of this. So this is not anything novel by any means, but I do like mm -hmm. to bring stakeholders into the research process. I bring them along for design crits. I bring them along, like, I will do a design crit with anybody. Like, tell me about this design. How does it make, like, what do you mm -hmm. think about it? And like, I will do that with anybody. Cause to me, design is definitely a team sport. And mm -hmm. I don't just talk to designers every day. I talk to everybody, my salespeople, my marketing people, my legal people. Like I will show a design to anybody because you have mm -hmm. something that I need and I won't know that until you tell me. But if I wait till the end when the design's already finished, now the whole thing mm -hmm. is derailed. So right. a lot of that is really going on road shows to be completely honest and like showing stuff early and often when it's not that cute, when it's not all the way thought out and getting people to respond to it. Mm -hmm. um, research is a big part of that. So having numbers to back it up, you know, data science is great. Um, qualitative research is awesome as well. I think mm -hmm. the other part is figuring out who you're actually talking to and what language they actually speak. Because yes. you send a stakeholder a Figma file. Yeah, they right. Yeah. You got no yeah. idea. If they love a slide deck, now granted, you don't want to be making decks all your life, but like you have to figure out who you're communicating with and what actually motivates them and what language mm -hmm. they speak. If they speak slide deck, you need to open up Google Slides and, you know, mm -hmm. duplicate, duplicate, duplicate and do what you have to do. Yeah. But you figure out who you're talking And that might be different. And again, all that should not be on you, the designer by yourself. And that's where your manager or your whoever comes in to help you figure out, okay, who are we trying to win over, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and what is the best strategy to do that? Maybe it isn't a deck. Maybe it's just having them at the readout from the research, like whatever it might be. But one thing I've definitely learned at my role now is that it's not just on you. Like it, mm. it is a team. This product is for multiple people. It's not just you, the designer, it's everyone's product. So mm. that strategy to win over whoever you're trying to win over should not just be you by yourself out, you know, with the with yeah. a with a sign like, all right, go design. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of people. And if you're in a place where yeah. You don't feel like your manager or whoever you're working with is doing that work with you and for you, then that might not mm -hmm. be the place where you're going to grow because you're going to spend more time trying to sell yourself than actually doing the design work mm -hmm. that's going to get you to the mm -hmm. next stage. So a lot of it has to do with org, you know, structure and just design structure. And it's it's so much more than deliverables. Like it's so mm -hmm. much more than yeah, no, that's it's really damn important. And, you know, it's one of the things, um, you know, I try to tell people, you know, because I try to give, you know, my students at least an insight to just like what I'm going through and trying to let them know, like, hey, this is something that you could expect, you know, so that's that's really important. You mentioned earlier, you know, there could be a whole other story with like your relationship with front end and back end development. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I I actually had I had the best engineers at Netflix. Mm -hmm. Like I was the best of the best, and mm -hmm. a lot of that had to do with my engineers being product minded engineers. Like they had mm -hmm. the stake in the product. It was not just okay, hand off the thing and they Jira and I'm gonna tag you in the ticket. Or it wasn't right. like that. Like we were doing research with me. We one of the products we were working on was a product for um, people that were actually on set of shows, like of Netflix shows. Mm -hmm. We took a trip to New York to be on set. It was me and my engineers. Like it was not just, oh, the designer's going to go and do this research and just bring right. it back to us. And I think 
some of that has to do like depending on where you work like if you don't even like the product that you work on sure it might be a hard sell to get you to get excited about quickbooks or whatever the thing is i don't know um but having product-minded designers having product-minded engineers product like literally product strategy and product acumen is not Mm. just for a product manager like it's for everybody Mm. everyone should be able to um, have a stake in the product it's not just okay hand this thing off to me and i'm gonna just go build it so my friend and engineers like we would work together like if if my engineer had an idea for a design or an great let's do it like i i hold the keys to nothing i will not block anybody from doing anything we'll make sure mm-hmm. it's the best experience we'll make sure that it's cohesive with the rest of our design but if you have an idea for how we can make this thing more accessible or more whatever i'm not going to stop you so i had engineers right. my friend engineers who were actually interested in ux design not necessarily to be a ux designer but because they knew it made them stronger mm-hmm. you know front-end designer or front-end developers so who would i be as the designer like oh sorry you can't you can't sketch mm-hmm. that because I'm the designer. No, anybody can do anything. So I have the best engineer. There were a lot of engineers. But I will say one thing that I love and I have noticed is that when your engineers actually care about the product mm-hmm. and when they're not under-resourced, because that's not, it's not just about caring. It's like, do you have enough people to do the work that is being mm-hmm. designed? So when you have a good you know, a well-functioning, well-oiled machine, everybody mm-hmm. gets to do everything. We whiteboard together. We design crit together. We go mm-hmm. to a stakeholder meeting together. I'm not going to lead my engineer when we're going to talk to, you know, mm-hmm. the people that we're building for. We're all going to go. So mm-hmm. it makes a difference um, for sure. Yeah. I don't know that every engineering culture is like that. I'm pretty sure it's not. I've gotten very lucky, I will, I will say. Um, yeah. but it's something that definitely when I see a person, I'm like, okay, yep, you're gonna we're gonna be partner, like we're gonna be good. Like I can I can ask mm-hmm. you about a design and you'll give me an honest, you know, critique of it, even though mm-hmm. you may not be able to for like three months. Like I I'll be right. able to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of that comes from culture. Like mm-hmm. yeah. if your culture, if all you're rewarding is production and output, getting yeah. out the door and yeah. output, like mm-hmm. you're gonna have a different coach like it just depends on what are you rewarding people for like are you rewarding them for being product-minded people if not then unless they already were when they walked in the door like you're not gonna you can't expect that from them because they're not even being taught that so right it makes a difference right yeah Yeah, that's 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 super super powerful um what, what would you say is the hardest or most difficult part working in like an actual product development environment I would say the hardest part is balancing the day-to-day product Mm. stuff with the vision stuff. So at least like in social media, so I work for Twitter. So like social media, like things are changing all the time, like new features. And again, most features have been in R&D for, you know, it's not just happening Mm -hmm. every quarter. Mm-hmm. But because of that, you always have to be looking at your competitive landscape, especially mm-hmm. in advertising. I work for I work on advertising tools. Mm-hmm. What are people doing? How are they making people's jobs easier? How are they helping people spend more money in a more efficient way? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like competitive landscape, you have to be mindful of it. But also, you have day to day stuff. Like there are things that come up. There are roadmaps that are you are currently living through while you're also looking at your roadmap two, three years out. So mm-hmm. I think as a designer, it can sometimes be difficult to 
And this is where partnership comes in, like your product person, the product strategy, whoever's leading whatever org you're in, like that, having a strong vision, you won't know if it's right or wrong till you do it, but like having a strong vision to actually follow makes a big mm-hmm. difference. Um, but I think the whole looking forward versus the right now also has to do with resourcing. Like, do you even have enough time to look yeah. at three quarters ahead? Like, do you, can, can you design the thing that's, you know, coming yeah. next year or coming soon? A lot of that has to do with the structure of your team, the resourcing, what actually, you know, who, who do you work with? It's, it's so mm-hmm. layered. And that's another reason why, like, until you get in your first role, you don't know any of these things until you actually experience them. Um, but I would say that's probably the hardest thing, at least for what I'm struggling with right now, is like when you're working in very complex spaces and you're trying to not only consider your users on your platform, but your users on mm-hmm. other platforms. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's an industry. Mm-hmm. So how do I focus on what I'm doing right now, make sure that what we're building, what we're going to get out the door you know, before the end of the year is sound, but also I need to design this exact thing, but three years in the future. And like, how do mm. I actually get what that look like? And that's mm-hmm. not always a very easy thing to do. Um, you don't do it by yourself, obviously, but mm-hmm. that's definitely something that I didn't account for early in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the higher you get in your design career, the less designing you actually do. And it's a lot of yes. like, product strategy, business strategy, it's a lot of that stuff. And that's something that I'm still, you know, trying to get comfortable with, but mm-hmm. it, it makes all the difference. Really, it really does. How, how are you improving on your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness, I am improving who, I will say being very vocal about it. Like mm-hmm. I am, I have learned probably not very easily is that when you are the only one that knows it's your weakness, like no one else can hold you accountable. No one else can help you. No one else can like yeah. give you resources. So for me, it's, if I'm going to meet with my manager and I'm having a struggle, like, whatever my weakness is that week, cause you know, it might change. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. okay. This is what I'm struggling with this week. Like this is the plan that I yeah. have to try to, to weigh mm-hmm. at it, but like, let's both talk about it. Like let's both yeah. do it. And I think, that also has like just compounding benefits of like, if I tell you that I struggle with this thing and then I accomplish it, like that is just re you just yeah. you want to invest in me more because like I can identify myself and be self-aware, mm-hmm. but I can also work with you and my team and whomever else to actually accomplish that thing. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of those things are not necessarily transactional. It's not like, Oh, I don't know how to use auto layout in Figma. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. That's something I definitely learn. Mm-hmm. I've been watching tutorials because it's, yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but yeah. <laughs> if you're, if my, one of my struggles a while ago was like, there are so many documents. I do not understand mm-hmm. how to not be underwater. Yeah. Like, I, I'm getting so many, I'm in all these meetings. How do I actually manage, not even just my time, but like my mental capacity? Like, what, how do I know mm-hmm. what's important and what's not important? Like, how do I know so that I don't drown in all mm-hmm. of these Google Docs? So mm-hmm. that, that could be different for other people, but. To me, it's really been like speaking up about it with my manager. Now, granted, if you don't have a manager that you can trust, that might change your dynamic. But mm-hmm. for my, my manager is like is amazing. So I would be like, all right, this is on the agenda for today. Like, yeah. I had this issue, and I don't know if I handled it correctly. Like, let's talk about it. And like that yeah. to me really changed because it doesn't make me. I don't feel bad. I don't feel like shameful. I don't feel like I'm the only person that's that's going through this thing because my manager used to be a designer at Twitter. So it's like he used to work mm-hmm. on the product. 
I currently work on. He's like, oh, I, nice. I had that same issue. It's like, oh, great. So I'm not <laughs> crazy and stupid. Like that's that's great to know because I was really worried there for a second. Mm-hmm. So yeah. honestly, speaking up has been the biggest thing that's helped me um, and just not being ashamed or embarrassed because everybody has whatever their thing is. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. you do it by yourself, you're the only voice in your head. You can say some real mean things to yourself. So you got mm-hmm. to add more voices so wow that's nice. true shit if i ever heard it i tell yeah, you that. <laughs> <laughs> in your life's roadmap how far do you see product design i feel like i'll always be designing something mm-hmm. i don't know if software quote unquote software mm-hmm. um in this format i really listen I don't have a smart home by any means, but okay. I love my my Google devices, like my Google Voice devices. I love them yeah. so much. Like, <laughs> and to me, voice is like voice is like the most basic. Like, not that we, we don't all necessarily have voice. That's very ableist to say, but like voice mm-hmm. is the thing that like I don't know. I just I like voice and I like AR to a certain extent. I'm not that good at it. It's kind of clunky right now. VR. I'm yeah. not putting a headset on hair is too big but you know there are different spaces in technology (laughs) that I think will start to open up more and I think I'm most excited about not being able to take what I already know like having to learn something completely new because Mm -hmm. actually like gestures or typography or all the rules Mm -hmm. are different and I'm actually excited about that like I don't want Mm -hmm. it to be the same rules for every single technology that comes out like I want it to be a little bit different Mm -hmm. um so, I mean, 15 years from now, 10 years from now, I don't know. I'm a big data nerd. So I love working with data, which is kind of a mm-hmm. sticky, sticky thing right now. But yeah. I know that I'll be designing something. I don't know what kind of surface it's going to be on or if there will even be a surface at all. But I know that yeah. it just, it just, it gets me too excited to be like, nope, I'm not going to do that. But I also love cooking. Yeah. So I might just open a bakery. <laughs> I don't know. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. Hey. Uh, I, I, am, I think that I will be, but mm-hmm. yeah, TBD. Yeah. TBD. I, I hear you on that one. Um, For sure. What do you draw in your career right now? What do you draw from your journalism background? All the soft skills. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. being able to just control a room yeah I mean, granted, every room right now is virtual but That's like power. Yeah. back yeah, in the day when we were in actual rooms and there was walls and we was all sharing walls like that changes everything and i would yeah, say especially you know for us as black people like mm-hmm. unfortunately or for whatever they yeah. just they just don't expect enough of us which means that yeah. was, you know you know what i'm saying so i, I like, know we, full well like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You can control a room and that literally when I talk to any like anyone that I mentor, like confidence makes yep. a lot of a lot of the difference. And a lot of that for me, I mean, it didn't come from journalism, but journalism definitely helped me hone in because I'm like mm-hmm. out on the street with a microphone trying to talk to people about what like you had to get people to trust you. And like that's mm-hmm. a yeah. part of it. Empathy is definitely a part of that. But like mm-hmm. your ability to read the room and understand that everyone in this room is different. Everyone in this mm-hmm. room might need something from you and you don't be and not being overwhelmed by that mm-hmm. um but also just like being yourself and having you know a personality and actually having a strong opinion about mm-hmm. something even if it's wrong um, yeah. getting someone to respond to what you're saying is part of the battle like if everyone disagrees with you like it's right you're not you're not right. doing it right like you mm-hmm. push a couple of buttons so 
I would say all the soft skills came from journalism or at least, you know, that version of journalism, mm-hmm. um, the ability to get people to trust you and ask good questions, mm-hmm. like asking yeah. a good question will change everything. Mm-hmm. It sure your would. Perspective, <laughs> your perspective is, is, is important. Like people are paying you for your perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you're just asking the same questions as everybody else, like, mm-hmm work um but a lot of that came from like what's the story here like what is the story with this product what is the story with this problem what is the story with this user like a lot of that came from mm-hmm. journalism um and just storytelling in general so yeah thank you for it don't yeah. want to do it ever again mm-hmm. but <laughs> thank you for what they gave me <laughs> yeah I'm That's glad you brought real. that up because communication is super super important like I figured that out really quick my first um i'm at my first mm-hmm. job of course and like when i was working on my first feature i i wasn't able to like articulate my design yeah. decisions which just made me look silly in a sense and like i'm getting better now like I, i'm able to communicate with um stakeholders and pms and other designers but i think people and en- entering the industry they don't really understand how important that is to be able yeah. to speak and be able to write and to be able to communicate properly yeah. um it's it's almost as important as just the actual design work for sure and the thing about that that people don't realize like i practice so mm-hmm. much of what i do like when i'm when i'm having a big meeting i'm practicing it it's not like sure some of it could be natural some of it could be like oh she was born with it no i'm practicing like <laughs> i am writing note cards i am mm-hmm. reading the document mm-hmm. over and over again because confidence doesn't come from like oh i just have com- confidence comes from repet- like repetition like you need to do it so that you know that you can do it so like the same thing for a design crit like i will practice my design crit multiple times i will read through things multiple times because yeah if you got the chance you really never know what's going to happen but at least yeah. if you know what you know like that's at least a part of the battle but a lot of people i mean confidence isn't a thing that just kind of comes out of thin air like Mm-hmm. I'd be talking to myself. Trust, like I practice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm the yeah. one. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, confidence literally confidence comes from knowing. If you know your shit, you're gonna be confident. So, right. like for me, I always you know I always tell people too, like if you can, you know, record the meetings. That's that's what um, we do at our job. You know, record the meetings. I go back and listen. You know, obviously I'm listening for a a, a number of things, but you know, you go back, practice that shit. All right, get that shit ready. And then I have my questions down in the notes app. So I'll come right in. Hey, what is this? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, so, and then two, again, it gets that trust that you talked about, you know, you get that buy-in and they're like, okay, well, Everett comes in here, at least he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, and even if he's wrong, he's willing to at least fight for it and then see, okay, you know what? I see exactly what you're talking about. You're right. So let's go ahead and go with this and keep it moving. Like nobody's keeping score of all the losses. They want the Mm -hmm. product to be shipped out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause cocky is like coming in not knowing nothing, thinking that you do and then stumbling over it all. Cause it was like, oh, but I thought, no, 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 no. Confidence is different. At least in my my dictionary is different. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they can't tell me nothing. I already know. Yeah. No, that's not what we want to be. We want to be yeah. confident. It's a little different. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel you. I do want to ask, you know, um, for people that's listening, that's, you know, on the on the fence about do I make that commitment or that investment to jump into this field? You know, what would you say to that person? I would say don't quit your job. Don't mm-hmm. give yourself the urgency of having to pay a bill. Like mm-hmm. keep work, like keep your net your safety net 
Um, and that's why I usually tell people like, don't quit your job to go to a boot camp because then how are you going to pay your bills? It doesn't mean that you aren't right. going to get where you're going. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, like getting into this industry can sometimes take a variable amount of time. So like, yes. don't, don't give yourself unnecessary like stress from like, mm-hmm. oh, I quit my job. When I get like, sure, that might, that might motivate you, but mm-hmm. I don't like that. So I don't want nobody yeah. coming trying to do something <laughs> for me. So keep, some, keep certain things stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and just let yourself explore. Like I took eight months. Some people take mm-hmm. longer, some people take shorter. It really depends on the person. But mm-hmm. if you give yourself the room to explore where, cause there, you could find yourself in any different type of design. Like it's not mm-hmm. just software or it's mm-hmm. not just that. So definitely commit to it, but not in a way where you're like, so rigid like give yourself the room to just like follow your curiosity and figure Mm -hmm. out what makes you really excited about it and then like double down on that but Mm -hmm. don't quit your job keep stay where you at it's definitely a (laughs) you know a nine a five to nine type situation um Mm -hmm. not because you are going to be able to quit your job someday but again Mm -hmm. don't give yourself unnecessary stress of like having to pay all these loans down and these bills Mm -hmm. like give yourself a safety net because that will allow you to really find the enjoyment in it Mm -hmm. it's not gonna be fun if it's like oh my gosh i'm so stressed i don't have a job i don't Mm -hmm. have don't do that to yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and then just follow your curiosity because you will find yourself in some crazy crazy rabbit holes if you when you're learning design, you could go oh, a lot yeah. of different directions. Yeah. So it <laughs> a lot of different directions. Everyone. That, yeah. The YouTube searches yeah. will have your ass. One in the code, one in the animation. Listen, everybody starts a medium pay. Everybody yep. a tiny yeah. letter, a newsletter. Yep. Like you will be doing a whole bunch of stuff that is like, mm-hmm. like chilled. Yeah. And focus on what you actually want to do. You yeah. will be fine. Mm-hmm. So don't. You know, don't don't do too much. Just do just enough, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, where where can people find you? Um. So I am on Twitter, obviously. I don't of really course. talk about minor technology. Yeah. It's just like TV shows. And yeah. Topics, but I've noticed. Don't if you all these UX designers follow me, I'm like, y'all, I don't be talking about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. But I am on Twitter. Uh, Maria Gaddis is my at handle. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also on Instagram, but that's usually just where I be cooking. I don't do anything about tech on there either. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn, you can, I mean, if you really, really want to, I don't, yeah. I don't not use LinkedIn, but I don't really mm-hmm. be on LinkedIn like mm-hmm. that. But yeah. I, I'm definitely a little, I'm trying to be more active now yeah. on LinkedIn. But Twitter is where I'm usually, you know, just stream of consciousness kind mm-hmm. of thing. Gotcha. Um, and also to be on the work. So yeah, I'm, gotcha. I'm on the internet. Cool, cool. Well, Jessica, cool. Uh, we got to do this again because I mean, this shit was, this shit was <laughs> yeah. fine.